This is Dave, and I'm here with Ethan, and together we are Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast, episode 134-inch. On this week's episode, we interview the comedy musician Dr. Demento called a comedy rock god, who is also known for his contributions to the fump and is the person behind the Weird Al tribute album, Me, Myself, and I, Insane Ian. It's Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al Podcast. It's a podcast about Weird Al. It's Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al Podcast. Seriously, the whole podcast is about Weird Al. It's Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al Podcast. You don't have to listen, but we're glad you are. Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al Podcast. What a fun time last week we had chatting with Kevin McKee and Rob Lenz, huh, Dave? Oh, you're so right. Memories... Oh, well, that reminds me. Remember the first interview we ever recorded for the podcast together? Oh, of course I remember. We talked to comedian Elliot Chang, who we had on our episode 8-inch. Yes, well, that's right, Dave. Well, why do you mention Elliot? Well, as luck would have it, I am performing with Elliot Chang on Friday night, Black Friday, in Glens Falls, New York. Wow! I bet you can get tickets at parktheatergf.com. That's correct, Dave. Ethan, will you do me a favor? Will you please tell Elliot that I said hello? Oh, of course. And would you also please tell him happy Thanksgiving? Uh-huh. And also happy Black Friday? Uh, I guess. Do people really say that? Wow, it's been such a long time since I've talked to Elliot. Can you also tell him for me happy birthday, Merry Christmas, joyous Arbor Day, wonderful weasel stomping day, great- Yes, Dave! Is that it? No, there's one more favor. Can you also please tell him that it is time for This Week in Weird Al Related News. SF Sketchfest, the San Francisco Comedy Festival, has announced their 2022 lineup, and Weird Al is performing. This year, the festival runs from January 7th through January 23rd, and Al will be a celebrity panelist, along with Jeopardy alumni Ken Jennings, on Friday, January 7th, as part of the Let's Make a Poop with Triumph the Insult Comic Dog live quiz show podcast. For this special live version, Triumph will also show never-before-seen clips and might even sing a few songs, so here's hoping we get another duet with Weird Al. Tickets are on sale now, so act fast if you plan to go, as it's likely to sell out pretty quickly. For more information and to pick up tickets, head over to sfsketchfest2022.shked.com. And while you're there, read Weird Al's bio, where it talks all about his new album, Poodle Hat? Well, I guess they're using his bio from 18 years ago? Hmm. All right. Hey, on a recent episode of Celebrity Wheel of Fortune, Mario Cantone, Lonnie Love, and Anthony Michael Hall had to solve a puzzle with the clue Proper Noun. Oh, 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 oh! Yes, Dave? Can I buy an O? You sure can. Uh, but there are no O's. Hey. Yes, two A's. I'd like to solve. Well, go for it. Is it osmosis? Well, there are zero A's in that. It's not a proper noun. Nor is it the correct word length. But, well, this is Celebrity Wheel of Fortune, so that's close enough. Congrats on correctly solving for Weird Al Yankovic. Wow, I am almost as good as Little Richard and James Brown. 
And we also want to remind everyone that this Friday, November 26th, a.k.a. Black Friday, is Record Store Day. And as we've mentioned several times on the podcast already, there is yet another Record Store Day exclusive release featuring none other than Weird Al Yankovic. This special 12-inch split maxi single features not only Weird Al, but also Osaka pop star, both of them paying homage to the founding fathers of punk rock, the Ramones. Now, Dave and I are super excited for this release, not only because we're big fans of Weird Al and Osaka pop star and the Ramones, but also because as collectors, this is the first time ever Ever, most of these songs have been released on vinyl or really on any physical release. This 12-inch maxi single includes three Weird Al tracks on the first side. It includes the album version of Beat on the Brat. It includes two live tracks that were recorded on the ridiculously self-indulgent, ill-advised vanity tour way back in 2018. Beat on the Brat live and I Want to Be Sedated live. And on the flip side, there's an all-new studio version of Beat on the Brat by a Osaka Pop Star from his forthcoming deluxe edition of the critically acclaimed Osaka Pop Star in the American Legends of Punk album, plus three additional Ramones covers by a Osaka Pop Star recorded live in concert with special guest appearances by members of the Misfits, Ramones, and Black Flag, never before released on vinyl. To find a participating record store near you, check out recordstoreday.com or for more information on this great release, check out dementedpunk.com. Oh boy, I can't wait to get my Record Store Day exclusive single, and I also cannot wait for Thanksgiving for when we carve into our Burrito Burrito. This week's episode is brought to you in part by Vegan Burrito, Restaurant Burrito Burrito in Troy, New York, home of the two-pound double wrapped in the quesadilla Burrito Burrito, and Wizard Burger in Albany, New York. Come on down to Burrito Burrito and Burrito Burrito, your Burrito Burrito, or hop on over to Wizard Burger for mouth-watering loaded, dare I say, beefy vegan burgers. From Troy to Albany to Uranus, Burrito Burrito and Wizard Burger feed the hungry with out-of-this-world plant based real food always vegan style visit burritosquared.com and wizardburger.com to order ahead okay now it is time for this week in black and white and weird all over related news this past monday episode eight centimeter which was chapter five the polka party mixing session of our black and white and weird all over bonus episode series dropped for the cheapskates uh, i mean the general public This is, of course, our book series where we sit down with author John Bermuda Schwartz and we go picture by picture through his book, Black and White and Weird All Over, The Lost Photographs of Weird Al Yankovic, 1983 through 1986. But that's not all! Our intern Frank tells us that he's putting the finishing touches on bonus episode 9 centimeter, chapter 6, Living with a Hernia video shoot, right now, and that episode will drop very soon for our Patreon family over at patreon.com slash 2000inch. And remember, our great Patreon family gets to hear all bonus episodes early, so that will be the only way that you can hear bonus episode 9 centimeter. Well, the only way until we eventually release it to the general public. And our Patreon family are truly the only people who get to hear our secret episodes. We recently released our entire series of secret episodes that we recorded on our trip to Los Angeles, in which we review all kinds of fun and unique sodas. So head over to patreon.com slash 2000inch to check out those secret episodes and our entire back catalog of secret episodes, as well as all the other fun stuff we post. 
Oh, those soda episodes were so much fun to record. I'm going to go right over to our Patreon and listen to them and relive that experience right now. Well, Dave, don't go right now because right now it's time for this week's interview. If you are a fan of comedy music, then you are very well aware of our next guest, Ian Bonds, a.k.a. Insane Ian. He's a regular on the Fump Funny Music Project, and he has been featured on the Dr. Demento Show, where his insanely funny song, Benedict Cumberbatch, made it all the way to number one on the Funny 25 Countdown for 2015 And he's also the person behind the 2002 Weird Al tribute album, Me, Myself, and I. It is our great pleasure to finally welcome Insane Ian to the podcast. Hey, Ian, welcome. Hi. Yeah, hello. Oh, my gosh. I'm finally here. I'm so excited. (laughs) Ian, I I will just admit that, you know, back when Dave and I started the podcast, before we launched, we made like a, a giant list of people who we wanted to have on the podcast. And I will say you were on that list. So this has been a long time coming. Well, yeah, we're only like in episode 100 and something, you know, it, it took you long enough. Um, no, no, it's I'm completely honored that I even made a list. So thank you guys for even having me on. Uh I I understand that I have to be pushed away for more important guests, but I'm glad that I made a list at least. (laughs) Yes, of course. (laughs) Well, it's, it's, it is great to have you on. Uh, I know we, we've known you for a while. Dave, how long you've probably known Ian longer than I have. Uh, Yeah. I was trying to think back to the first interaction I had with Ian and it had to have been on alt.music weird dash Al. That had to be our first interaction. (laughs) Oh, definitely. Definitely. And I was trying to think back to the first time I saw you in person. And I think it was at a Philadelphia concert. It was, it was either Philadelphia or DC. Yeah. It was somewhere on the East coast. And I, I, I saw you from a distance and I went, Hey, your name wouldn't be Elvis, would it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, amazing. <laughs> yeah. And and Dave, I have to assume you had the tattoos at that point. Um, let's see. Probably would have been what? I think you had one of them at least. Well, yeah, it would have been probably 2003. So I would have had, I think I would have had them all by then. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. It, it was it was quite some time before before we met each other. Although I had been corresponding with Dave quite a bit because I would send him a stupid amount of 27s for the 27 list. <laughs> oh jeez, yeah. I still I still hold the reigning title. Yes, sure. I had a number 1 song on the Dr. Demento show, but I have found the most 27s on Dave's 27 list. Honestly, that's more important. Let's be let's be real here. I mean, let's be honest here. That one's going on the tombstone. That's what's happening. That, that, that. Oh, that's indeed. Incredible. I don't know how many you sent, but I remember constantly I would get emails from Ian with just twenty. Here's another twenty-seven. Here's another twenty-seven. Yeah, I forgot about that. Thanks for bringing that. <laughs> right up. now, the standing number on your list is I've contributed thirty-three different twenty-seven. <laughs> Holy <and I'm>, crap! <laughs> the only person who's done more is Dave. So. <laughs> wow. What are some of your favorite twenty-sevens that you submitted? Uh, well, there's there's one that even I admit is a god <gasps> stretch. Um, <laughs> there is one where I said, like, uh, when I was your age, 
uh, is is probably from a very old person, and he said there were 73 of us living in a cardboard box. Well, 73 minus, say this guy's 100 years old. <laughs> minus 100 is 27! <laughs> Proof found! <laughs> That counts. And why why you even accepted that one? Why was that one accepted? That no. Even I know that's a stretch. Well, I mean it came from insane Ian, so it, he you contributed so much great 27. I just automatically assume that any 27 that you send me is automatically authentic and should be included on the list. Well, I appreciate that that uh, certification from you. So, Ian, you could have been completely uh, rigging that whole thing. You could, I could have. Just put I, it through. I didn't realize I wielded such power. I, I have to admit, like, you know, for a while after, like, finding all these 27s and sending them to you, Dave, do you remember the 17 list? <laughs> I vaguely remember. There was a ton of, like, spinoff lists. There was a 17 yeah. list. There was a, yeah, like a, a Thursday list, I think there was. There was just, like, every variation no you way. could think of, yeah. The Thursday list list was more popular. Uh, the 17 list was mine. I started the 17 <laughs> list because I kept noticing 17 instead of 27, and I'm like, that's close, but it's not quite it. Well, maybe I'll just do a list for that. <laughs> And uh, and and I did. You you had the twenty seven list. Somebody had a Thursday list. I did the seventeen list, and nobody cared. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, man. can you think of any seventeens? I'm trying to think of a seventeen that's in a weird. That's Al the song. thing. Like I I had a list, so I wouldn't have to remember them. Um, <laughs> I can't think of any right now, but I know there's been several. There was enough for enough a list to at one least point. Warrant a list. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. <laughs> I never heard of that list, but uh see, see. But I appreciate that someone took the time to do it. <laughs> <laughs> it was on an old GeoCities website which has been lost oh, in the sands of time. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> well, yeah, let's go all the way back. Where where did you first find out about Weird Al? It's been a while. It's been a very long time. So uh, as as you guys know, I am a comedy musician myself, but uh, I didn't uh, come by this profession on a whimsy. Uh, I'm a second-generation <laughs> nerd musician. My parents are filk artists. Um, and for those not knowing what filk is, filk is folk music about sci-fi. They played songs about Lord of the Rings and Star Trek at conventions. Wow. And so... Uh, you know, I'm I'm a second generation nerd musician. My, my I do the same thing, but I do the funny version of those things. And uh, so my parents were always doing music and making music, and and they had records out and such. And so I I was already involved in like, hey, I I think this is a cool thing. And one of my parents' friends started singing "Eat It" when I was like five years old, and uh, <laughs> my mom thought it was hilarious, and then found out, uh, found the forty five of Al's "Eat It." in a record store. And we went, Oh, this is a guy who actually recorded this. And, you know, so we'd go to the library and I got in 3d on vinyl and I copied it onto a cassette <laughs> and I got dare to be stupid on vinyl and copied that onto a cassette because, Hey, you're getting it from the library. That's I eventually, obviously when I had my own money, went out and bought everything. Right. <laughs> um, but I wanted to listen to it multiple times. And, uh, I, I remember getting dare to be stupid from the library and thinking this was the most amazing thing I'd ever heard in my life. 
and then going to see the Transformers movie and hearing Dare to be Stupid in the movie and going, oh my god, everybody else knows about how awesome this guy is too. <laughs> uh, and, and so, you know, the obsession began really early. I was about six years old and, uh, and, and just kind of went, okay, I'm going to absorb as much of this as I possibly can. <laughs> uh, I, 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 you know, I, I found out what albums I was missing. It took me a really long time to find Al's first album, his self-titled album. Um, but I went out and I, I had my parents get me the, like, yes, I had it copied, but get me the actual cassettes. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it took me a while before I got the vinyl of my own. Uh, I ruined an in 3d album playing it backwards to hear the backwards message. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, you know, cause I'm, I'm spinning, I'm spinning it in reverse by hand and I heard oh, it wow. and I got so excited. My hand hit the needle and it went right across the record. Oh, <laughs> oh no. no. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, because I was raised in a Finnish house, uh, we, you know, I, I was I was raised knowing how to be a fan of something, which meant, you know, be obsessive about it and yeah. collect everything. <laughs> so right. that's that's what I grew up doing. You know, I, I collected everything I could on cassette. And then when CDs came out, my first CD I bought with my own money was off the deep end. And I, you know, I, I bought all the CDs and then I worked at a music store. Uh, for a while in high school. And the funny thing about that, my nickname at the music store was Al. Really? Because (laughs) I would go into that music store every day after school and, you know, I would be checking to see if the new album had come out. So they knew me because they knew me because I came into the store all the time, but they didn't know my name. So they just called me Weird Al because I always went (laughs) looking for the Weird Al records. (laughs) And so the name stuck when they hired me. That's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) You're there every day anyway. You might as well get paid for it. Yeah, exactly. I'd come in every week. Did a new Al album come out yet? We didn't have like, you know, much of an internet that yet then. So I couldn't look a lot of things up. Right. That's amazing. (laughs) <laughs> and when did you first start writing your own comedy music? I started writing comedy music in middle school. I wow. I would write very, very, very amateur parodies before I, <laughs> I you know, got the wherewithal to write original songs and whatnot. I, I, I was like, I'll does parodies, I'll do parodies. And, you know, pitched my voice that way, too, because that's how I heard it on the records. And, uh, you know, I, I, would, I, would, I, I, I remember one really terrible one that I wrote in middle school. Parody of Aerosmith's Love in an Elevator called Gloves in an Elevator. Holy crap. <laughs> There's one I won't be resurfacing anytime soon. Do you have the recording still of when you were in middle I, school? Some of these, some of these, I never recorded. Some okay, of these okay. were like I didn't have the wherewithal to to start recording things um, when I was writing them, but I had lyric sheets that were in my horrible middle school scrawlings. But uh, you know, yeah, I, I, and I, I, I had, I had all these aspirations of starting bands with my friends. And uh, I remember I was really heavily into Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles at the time, so I wanted our band to be called Preteen Funky Awesome Weirdos, <laughs> <laughs> and the logo was a parody of the TMNT logo, and I, uh, middle school, that's what it was. But like I was trying to convince all my friends, like, you'll play bass and you'll play guitar, none of us had ever touched an instrument. <laughs> <laughs> 
but it was always these aspirations of right, things. And, right. <laughs> and, and finally, finally in high school, I finally started recording stuff. But again, I had no musical talent of my own. It's kind of a misnomer to call me a comedy musician because I don't play any instruments. I'm more of a musical comedian. I call myself a comedy musician because right. okay. it rolls off the tongue a little easier. But I don't play anything. I've taken, I, I got a guitar for my 12th birthday and I learned how to play it for my 17th. Um, cause <laughs> that's when they started offering guitar courses in my high school. So I took a year of guitar in high school. I, I, I have two accordions because of course I do. And, uh, <laughs> had one lesson on it. So I don't know how to play that. I, I was in a band in college called Dick Snorkel. And, uh, and, and there's a song that I play accordion on. Uh, it's not quite really me playing accordion on it. I am lying on my back, d- playing the squeeze part of it, and the other guy in the band, Ernie, is playing me like a piano. <laughs> so he's actually... He's actually the one playing the accordion. I'm just working the bellows on it while I'm lying on the ground. I wonder if that's the only time that's ever been done. <laughs> I've never heard of that before. I doubt that it has. <laughs> I'm sure that's been done numerous times. I don't know. You may have invented something there. <laughs> <laughs> the human piano. <laughs> but, but yeah, like I, I, when, when I was in high school, I, I, had no, I still had no musical aptitude. But uh, I had a, I'm a big video game nerd, and I had a version of the Sega CD that JVC put out. JVC released a, a, a video game console called the XI, and it's X apostrophe E-Y-E. So literally XI. And this was a combination Genesis and Sega CD in one unit, so you didn't have to buy the pieces separately. But it was also... A karaoke machine. Oh. So you could plug a microphone into this system and play karaoke CDs. It had a thing that, you know, it would show on your TV if they were karaoke graphic CDs. But also there was a karaoke button, which made any CD a karaoke CD. Basically what it would do is it would turn down the what it assumed would be the vocal track hmm. on any CD it would turn that down in volume so that the vocals would be quiet on the thing, and then you could sing karaoke to it. Wow. And so many of my first songs that I recorded for the Dr. Demento show, I recorded using that device. I would record them onto a cassette deck. Um, there was no overdubbing or retakes or anything. If I messed up, I just had to start the whole song over again. <laughs> and I would record these onto a cassette, and I would pack... I would pack a 60-minute cassette wall-to-wall with awful parodies and send them to Dr. Demento. (laughs) And it's no wonder he never played any of them. Uh, It wasn't wasn't until after college when I finally, like, like I had bands in college. I was doing stand-up in college for years, and I I was doing improv. And while I was doing stand-up and improv, I also had bands that I was working with in college, people who were actual musicians, that I was like, this is always going to be a comedy band. And I had several bands in college that were always very comedy-leaning, and that's where I finally went, let me stop doing stand-up, let me stop doing improv, I'm going to go heavy into the into the comedy music instead. And that's really where this version of Insane Ian came out to be 
a more fully formed version. Hmm. And is that where you got the name? Was that in college? Uh, I actually got the name uh, technically in middle school. Like I kind of, that's the whole hero worship thing, you know? Like I, I was like, hey, Al's name is Al Yankovic. So I'm going to take an adjective and my name and put it in quotes. And that's what it's going to be. I'll be insane. Ian um, on the, on the first weird Al tribute album that, that Joe Krause did that he was just on your show talking about. Yeah. Uh, I, I did a, uh, I did several things. I sent him a couple different things, but because I was using a karaoke machine, he couldn't use those because <laughs> you know, it's licensed music. Right. I didn't play the music. He can't really get the rights to doing that. So, uh, so the song that's uh, that's by me on uh, Prosthetic Lips, which is, God, I can't even think of the title. It's it's uh, Weird Al Yankovic has a bad hair day in 3D in Alapalooza or something like that. <laughs> I have it here. It's Alapalooza in 3D on UHF is even worse on a bad hair day for Weird Al Yankovic. <laughs> okay, so I had it backwards, but yeah, close enough. Um, so, so the the idea of this is like it's it's a short story, basically. It's a spoken word thing where I'm telling a story, but I'm using song titles and album titles as plot pieces, and so I'm I'm like I'm saying them in the sentences, inserting them in there, mm-hmm. and because I'm the twenty seven list contributor that I am. I used 54 of them, which is 27 twice. Oh. <laughs> Amazing. And I, I did I did two versions of that. I did a version that was just me talking and a version of me talking over music. And the music I used was instrumental Weird Al songs. I would use the karaoke thing from the JVCXI on Al CDs and just blank out the lyrics using the karaoke button. Wow. What it did to Everything You Know Is Wrong, however, is it brought up the backing vocals on that. And there are some amazing backing vocals in that song that basically nobody hears. Oh, wow. <laughs> I was like, I've discovered something neat. Um, but yeah, on that album, I'm listed as Insane Ian Bonds. And Insane Ian is in quotes because hero worship is a thing. <laughs> yeah. I realized uh, quickly after that came out that I was like, that's a little too obvious. Let me just... I mean, just knock out the last name, knock off the quote marks. I'm yeah. just going to be insane Ian from now on. <laughs> wow. That's amazing. Should we listen to that right now? Oh, <laughs> you could hear a very, very prepubescent Ian on that. Yes. I'm going to buy me a condo in an Amish paradise where I'll be living in the fridge with Melanie while Mr. Popeil, the king of suede, is stuck in a closet with Vanna White. Yeah, this is the life for such a groovy guy like me. Airline Amy and I are having a polka party at Jurassic Park. Or you can watch cable TV on Frank's 2,000-inch TV. Hey, this lasagna smells like Nirvana. You'd better not eat it. You might get too fat. Here, have some of my bologna. What's that you say? Oh, yeah, I remember Larry. That boy could dance. Guess these are certainly the good old days living in this fun zone. Hey, here's Johnny. Johnny, when I was your age, I was addicted to spuds like you. But now, look, I'm one of those toothless people. I used to go Belvedere cruising to the school cafeteria to play Pac-Man, but since you've been gone, all I do is snack all night on chicken pot pie. You know, I'm so sick of you making phony calls to poor Mr. Frump in the Iron Lung. You know he's been calling in sick to his dog-eat-dog job ever since the night Santa went crazy. It was like Christmas at Ground Zero. Hey, look, it's Ricky, the Waffle King. Rick, 
You make me go off the deep end when you dare to be stupid around your young, dumb, and ugly friends. And how many times have I said, don't wear those shoes? What? Oh, don't cry, Rick. I was only kidding. They're good enough for now. Hey, have you ever had one of those days where it feels like everything you know is wrong? Really? Not me. And I won't spend one more minute thinking about it. I'll be mellow when I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs> that, I, I think it's hilarious that, that that's the first thing that I ever did under the name, and it's not even a song. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. So just spoiler alert, moving forward many years, you have a band camp, and if you scroll through the, the albums on band camp, there's like, over 40 albums so that was yeah. the first thing you ever did and it sounds like you never stopped i really haven't no uh, <laughs> uh, like the earliest thing that's on Bandcamp is is a band that i had in college which was called insane ian and crotch and uh my my band was called crotch uh there were a lot of uh, there were a couple friends of ours who were in bands in college and there was a band called Oh God! What was the name of uh, Satellite Feed? There was a band called Satellite Feed, and they had a song called "Kicking Einstein in the Crotch." <laughs> and like it goes, "Kicking Einstein in the Crotch." We've even got some people to watch while we're kicking Einstein in the Crotch. Um, and we thought Crotch would be just a great band name. Um, you were right. The, the band the band was me, Insane Ian, on vocals. Uh, my my friend Glenn, God of Rock Devage on on guitar, and and Pete, no nickname Connor on drums, and we were called Crotch because we were two nuts and a Peter. That's really the only reason. Amazing. Eventually, eventually we got uh, our friend Harry Chest Tebow on bass and we became insane Ian and Harry crotch, but that's a little too juvenile. I think (laughs) basically any band name that we came up with in college for the various different bands that I was in all came about at a 3 a.m. Conversation. (laughs) It's, it's always like uh, you say something very awkward and you're like, that sounds like a band name. Let's make that happen. (laughs) I was in a hip hop group called pudding capacity. And it was me and my, my friend, my friend Wes. And that, that's on my band camp as well. And uh, we're, we're driving his girlfriend home uh, at like 3 a.m. one night after eating some snack packs. Okay. And I'm sitting in the back seat and I said, I am full of pudding. And Wes in his infinite wisdom says, I have pudding in me, but I have not yet reached my pudding capacity. <laughs> and I went, band name! <laughs> See, whenever I have fun ideas for band names, it just, you know, I forget about it the next day. You go forward and you record an entire album. <laughs> oh, no, yes. I, I have the lack of, I have the lack of wherewithal to say, that's a good idea. Let's do that. That's how I had bands called Dick Snorkel and Hint of Pledge and Lung Butter. <laughs> so at what point did you start working on your Weird Al tribute album? So in 1998... Uh, the band, the presidents of the United States of America broke up. Uh, as you know, you had, uh, the lead singer, Chris Ballou as a guest on one of the episodes. And, uh, I had become, uh, somewhat of a super fan of them as well. Uh, and, uh, to the point where the band, you know, knew me (laughs) and 
when they broke up, I I I had already contributed a song to the Weird Al tribute album, and I thought, well, the presidents are breaking up. We should do a tribute album to the presidents. So I ended up doing the same thing that Joe did. I was like, I'm a kid who doesn't know anything about album production. <laughs> Have bands send me songs. This is a good idea. Just send me tapes and CDs, and I'll put them on a thing and call that production. Um, <laughs> so that's what happened. I had people send me things, and and because of that, I became more known with the band and kind of got a connection to speak to Chris through email and stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, when the first... Al tribute album came out, Prosthetic Lips. There was always talk of maybe doing a second one, and it originally, Joe, I, I think said uh, Hike and Sundry was going to be doing the next album, and I was like, "This is great. Uh, let me know when it's going on. I have a connection to the presidents, and I think I can get them to send us a copy of Are You Going to the Weird Al concert because mm-hmm. I know Al or uh, Chris and Dave Feely." when they were kids had a band called uh, creepy stick and they did that song. And I was like, I can see if I can get that. Cause I mentioned it on a radio interview. Uh, not, it was an interview with the presidents. It wasn't an interview with me. <laughs> they were putting out their second album and I called in and I was like, Hey, are you guys going to ever going to release? Are you going to the weird Al concert? And he sang a little bit of on and on there before like the, the recording ever got out. Wow. So I heard Hikon was, was, was doing it. And then that kind of fell through. And I was like, well, Maybe I'll do it. I've done this one other tribute album already. I'll produce this next Weird Al tribute album. <laughs> so I I contacted Chris via email. I had it's not like I talked to him all the time. It's just like I was like I have this thing. Let me ask him if I can do this. I was like, hey, would you be able to send me a copy of Are You Going to the Weird Al concert? I'm producing a Weird Al tribute album. That song was the impetus for me to produce that album. That's incredible. And. Uh, so I, I, I emailed that to him and I didn't hear anything from him. And I'm like, he's a busy guy. He's on tour probably, or, you know, he's working on records, what have you. It's a thing. So about uh, like uh, much later in the year, like three days after Christmas, I get a phone call and I'm still in, I'm, I'm, I'm maybe just out of high school. I'm still living at home. I'm in college. Mm-hmm. Uh, had caller ID on my on the phone at home, and it had a Seattle number on it. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, what's this? And I answer the phone, and I and I hear on the other end, "Hi, is uh, Ian Bonds there? This is Chris Ballou from the Presidents." And I'm like, uh, <laughs> hang on a second. And I, I I put him on hold, and I go, "Oh my god!" <laughs> <laughs> And I, I come back to the phone. I go, yes, hello. And uh, <laughs> this is he speaking. And uh, <laughs> so he, he he comes on the phone and he goes, so I got your email. Me and Dave got back to got together and re-recorded it for your tribute album. Wow. We're not sending you wow. the original recording. We've redone the song. <laughs> and I'm going to send it to you do you mind if I play it for you over the phone? And I go, mind. (laughs) Losing my little mind. Wow. And so he plays this song for me over the phone. And I'm like, this is, how did I make this happen? This is amazing. So he's like, I'm going to send this to you for the tribute album. Things being what they are, 
I didn't get that recording from him for three years. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, like, you know, because the presidents were breaking up, he was working on solo projects and, you know, things being what they were. But I always had this plan to do the Weird Al tribute album as soon as I get this song from Chris Ballou. And then, like, I finally went, I'm going to start working on the tribute album and, like, maybe that'll push Chris enough to send it to me because right. I know he recorded it and he recorded it for me and uh, luckily you know the the relationship had grown enough that he's like oh yeah sure I'm sorry I keep forgetting that and he finally sent it to me so I got it on CD from him and I got a, a bunch of other amazing contributions we have a lot more original songs on this tribute album that are tributes themselves to Al than outright covers of Al songs too, which I think is kind of unique in setting this tribute album a little apart from, uh, from uh, the other tribute albums that exist. Although there are other things that set it out being unique as well. I'm sure. I want to talk about the title of this album and, and where you got the artwork from. <laughs> I, th- I, I, I think anyone who is looking at it may recognize, but if someone maybe hasn't watched a certain thing in a while, they may not immediately know where it came from. But the tribute album is called me, myself and I a tribute to weird Al Yankovic as performed by others. And just tell us where you got that title and and the artwork for the album. (laughs) So, so the artwork and the name me, myself and I comes from the complete Al. Uh, It also (laughs) comes from the authorized Al, but it comes from the complete Al where, where they tell the story of Al's personal, like (laughs) self-reflective album. That's not comedy. And all the tape, the master tapes went through the metal detector at the airport and they were erased and lost to time. (laughs) And, uh, and I thought what better way to pay tribute to Al than to, release that album (laughs) that was lost to time but actually it's just a tribute to him it's as done by other people it's the music of al it's it's al's music but it just happens to be done by other people instead um and of course that's on my Bandcamp too for free so right did you have to get any special permission to be able to use that artwork i i at most i think i emailed bermuda and i said hey uh I'm thinking of co- I'm I'm thinking of doing a tribute album. Number one, is that cool? And he goes, yeah. And I was like, I'm thinking of calling it this and using the the cover art. I I seem to remember this. I I it's it's yeah. been ages, but I was like, I I'm thinking of doing this. Is that all right? And I I I think that's how I kind of got approval to do it because I'm like, hey, I'm just a, a kid, right? <laughs> <laughs> trying to do this thing, you know. I I, I was I was. I wasn't as as young as Joe when he was when he started it. I was like late teens, early twenties when I when I started working on this, and uh, and I'm like, hey, is is this a cool idea? What do you think? Can I do this? And so that you know, I think I'm pretty sure I emailed Bermuda about that, and I think he gave his blessing through that. But <laughs> honestly, it's it's been over twenty years, right? So. <laughs> All right, so looking at some of the people who contributed to this album, you've got Tony Goldmark, you've got Chris Waffle, who we've had on the podcast, Stephen Schilling, uh, you've got Zelda and the Unibrows, of course, Joe's band. Uh, you've got a to. couple interesting, yeah, a couple interesting, this band called Hint of Pledge. Hint of Pledge, <laughs> which is another one of my bands. Yes, yeah. yes. Oh, look at that. <laughs> 
Of course I had to put myself on the album. This is why. Of course. This is why I'm the only person to appear on all three Weird Al tribute albums. Because I produced the second one myself. <laughs> nice. All right, so what song did Hint of Pledge do here? Hint of Pledge We did, did Albuquerque. Albuquerque, we, nice. We attempted Albuquerque. <laughs> <laughs> the the magic of this song, wow. Uh, so here's a fun story about Albuquerque. This song is recorded entirely in one take. Wow. Wow. Uh, yeah. Don't be too impressed, kids. Um, that's eleven minute plus song in one take. That, that's inc- that's yes, impressive. This song was done entirely in one take. Wow. Uh, the issue is, is that we didn't have a drummer, and uh, my friend uh, Mark, who was the other half of Hint of Pledge, plays guitar had to play that same riff over and over again, not really alternating it too much, for 11 minutes. Wow. Um, Also, in this recording, like, because we were doing it live, like, I was singing along and, and doing stuff along with Mark as he's recording... We didn't have a studio that we're recording this in. Uh, at, we had moved on from recording on four-track cassette to recording into the computer. And my friend Wes, from Pudding Capacity, uh, was <laughs> learning audio engineering at Sheffield University in Maryland. And so he had his computer set up to, like, be recording stuff. So we were trying uh, one of our first, like, dual-track recordings uh, at the time. It's not something that we were really well-versed in for home recording. He was able to do it in the studio at Sheffield, but, like, this was the first time we attempted that there. So he's recording the guitar and the vocals at the same time. And while we're recording, like, I'm like, I need backing vocals, so can you guys sing along into the mic with me? I'm like pacing around his room. We're not, I'm not in. I'm not in like a foam booth. Right. No, there's no. There's no audio foam anywhere. I'm walking around ranting into a microphone, and I'm like, I need backup singers. Sing along with me into the same mic. So, at some points, you can hear Wes singing along in the backing vocals, but for whatever reason, he's doing the voice of Elmo, the puppet, and uh, so. So you hear this really high-pitched Elmo voice singing along, and then the the piece de resistance on this recording is, uh, oh boy, Wes's dad decides to pick up a pair of bongos and join the fun. So there are random bongo beats in the middle of the song that are completely unexplained. Amazing. <laughs> it's a uh, it's a fun track. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I I remember sending the 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 guest copies because I like I was like I made this tribute album for Weird Al and the band. I'm going to give them copies of it because like I'm paying tribute to them. I want them to have this. Yeah. This is the reason I did this. So I sent a copy to Al and the band. Each band member got their own copy, and Bermuda emailed me back and he goes. What's what's up with the drums on Albuquerque? They they just start when the song starts, and I go like it doesn't have the drum fill before the guitars start, and I go that's because it was all done on computer in one take. The drums just were the drums. We just had a steady beat that we were recording to that we looped. I'm sorry. I know you're a drummer, and I am not a drummer, and I know it sounds like garbage, but it's the best we could do. <laughs> I felt so bad. <laughs> so funny. 
Well, okay, so you did some like computerized stuff for that song. Now, there's a song on the album, Dog Eat Dog Cover by Mac Hine and the Stupid Jerks. And that sounds like it's all computer. Can you tell us about that song? Oh, I'd love to tell you about that one. So here's a here's a really fun story that I think has only been told in part. Okay. This has only been partially revealed. So when I sent the contributor the uh, not the when I sent the gift copies to Bermuda and the band, Bermuda told me that not only did Albuquerque not have the drum fill at the beginning, but he's also like, uh some of these are, are playing kind of weird. Like the 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 mixing isn't really working and I'm like yeah I had hired somebody to do the mixing and they dropped out so I had to do everything myself I'm not a I'm not an audio engineer so I I couldn't really mix things very well and he's like I'm I'm not it's not playing right I'm like well all right I'm sorry it's not playing for you this is actually before he said something about the drum fills because he said he he couldn't get it to play at all oh wow so I felt really bad I'm like oh god the CDs aren't Mm. working so let me burn you new CDs I'll send them to you and I went through that three times I'm like, I'll, I, I, it's not, I got, it's, I, I'm doing everything I can. I'm using the CD burner and it's not, he's telling me he's not, they're not working. And I tested them at home. Turns out he was telling me that because he wanted one song in particular to sound good. So he had me send him the masters and he mastered this album. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> and, uh, I was like, thank you. This sounds great. He really only mastered one song. That's really all he did. Everything else was the same. Okay. I didn't know this when this thing came in. So I got this contribution from a guy named Mike Hine, who is living in New Jersey. Mm -hmm. And he said, here's this song called Mac Hine uh, by by Mac Hine and the Stupid Jerks, which Mac Hine, if you put it together, is machine. So Mike (laughs) Hine became Mac. And I was like, that's very clever. And this amazing cover of dog eat dog was there with it's it's all electronic instruments and it's the speech to text from your computer doing the vocals and i'm like this is amazing so i put this album out and years later and i'm talking like at least five eight years later i'm talking to bermuda after a show and he goes did I ever tell you the secret about your tribute album? And I went, how do you have a secret about my tribute album? <laughs> and he says, you know, Mac Hine and the stupid jerks. And I go, yeah. And he goes, that's me and Al. <laughs> wow. I go, Oh my God. Say what now? So, uh, according to Bermuda, that music is actually Al's demo version of the song that he sent to the band for them to learn to play it. Holy crap. Wow. It's incredible. And he wow. later and he added the computer vocals to it because he didn't want his vocals on it and also to kind of go along with the whole organic electronic feel of everything. <laughs> so that's actually Al's music demo that he wow. did that wow. they added the vocals onto later because they wanted to have some they wanted to have something on the tribute album. <laughs> they wanted to be a part of the tribute album. So they sent that to me. And what's great about that is when I asked for bios of people uh for for the the about page on the GeoCities site that I had this tribute album on originally. <laughs> and so the picture of of Mac Hine is actually Bermuda's bo- brother-in-law. Oh my god. <laughs> Oh, no way. 
and and the picture of the actual drum machine that was used in the demo. Oh, man. So Bermuda actually just messaged me and said he's re-uploaded that bio. It's on his website. If you go to bermudaschwartz.com slash machine, you can see the original bio they had up for it. And it's supposed to link back to uh, to the GeoCities site for the album, but obviously that's not around anymore. And also the email address he has is not does not work anymore either. <laughs> but yeah, so that was that was Bermuda and Al being sneaky about my album. That's why he wanted to master things. He just wanted to master that song to make sure it sounded good. <laughs> I'm looking at it right now. This is hilarious. <laughs> yeah, so, this is great. so yeah, I had no clue because it came from an address in New Jersey. How was wow. I supposed to know? <laughs> I I literally had no idea about that until Bermuda told me, and I held on to that secret for years until finally Bermuda actually like mentioned it. I think online on like Facebook or something, uh, not long ago. So I was like, yeah, okay, good. I can talk about it now. <laughs> Holy crap. I've been holding on to that for years. And all the people who had the album had no idea. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's a, uh, it's a hidden gem now, kids. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It's, it's a rare, rare weird owl track, a rare demo weird owl track that actually got out. For people yes. to hear, and it's it's a secret that I didn't know about until recently either. That is that is an incredible story. <laughs> it's it's an amazing thing that I released a thing that I didn't know I released. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and you released the Chris Ballou thing. This is an yeah. incredible, incredible tribute album. <laughs> Even more incredible <laughs> than you thought. <laughs> I, I I honestly feel really really nice about it. You know. And, you know, because of that, I've, I've been lucky enough to, to get backstage and see Al and meet Al and talk to Al and the band uh, because of that. You know, I have had many friendly interactions with, with Steve and Jim and Bermuda and, and Al and Ruben, all because of this tribute album. So that's been very nice. That's so cool. Wow. Great. And people who haven't heard that tribute album can get it for free on your Bandcamp, insaneian.bandcamp.com. And while we're talking about your band camp, you actually have a brand new album coming out. And I know we've mentioned this on the podcast a few times. And I appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. We're, we're so excited for it to come out. It's called Illinois, which is perfect. Um, and it drops on <laughs> December 3rd. And anyone who pre-orders it, they get a couple songs early. Plus, they get like a whole second album. Yeah. So uh, for the pre-orders, I wanted to do something special. Um, so when you pre-order the album, you're also getting a bonus live album uh, called Illinois in Illinois, which was recorded here in Illinois. Uh, it is my set from Fump Fest, which is the funny music festival, the funny music project. I'm a member of thefump.com. And every year we have a, a comedy music festival. We had Dr. Demento helping celebrate his, his 50th anniversary of his show at Fump Fest. And uh, I was the opening act for Fump Fest, as well as I'm the MC every all weekend. Nice. So I host the uh, the whole the whole festival all weekend, introducing the bands and such. But also because I'm there, I'm like, well, let me do my set first because if I do it at the end of the show, I'll have no voice anymore. Right. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> so I did my I did my set, and my set was kind of a preview for the album. Most of the songs that I did on my in my set, with the exception of I think maybe one. 
uh, appear on the album. So these are live versions of songs. Oh, very cool. I debuted a couple songs at the set before people had heard had heard them and before they had been released. So you get both of the you get both the studio album and the live album if you pre-order the album before it comes out on December third. After December third, those albums will be available separately. But only through the pre-order can you get the two for one. Right. Well, you might as well do that, right? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what's what's really great is you, not only are you coming out with all these great songs and albums and stuff, you also come out with really fun videos. I, I just saw one recently. It was for this song, Internet Famous, that Chris Blue actually performed on. Yeah. Yeah. So, again, being a super fan of the presidents has paid off dividends for me. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I, I, I have been in the very fortunate position that I have what they call, uh, no shame and I will go out of my way and ask people, Hey, I'm doing this thing. Do you want to be a part of it? It has served me well. It has gotten Chris Ballou on a tribute album, but it has also gotten Chris Ballou on two songs of mine. Wow. And recently, my, my previous album back in 2014 was called Internet Famous. And this song is a hip-hop interpolation of the president's song Naked and Famous. <laughs> and so it's just, it's the same music, but set to a more hip-hop beat. And so it's me rapping over it. And the hook is a parody of the chorus to Naked and Famous. And I thought, well, who better to sing that than the guy who sings Naked and Famous. Let me ask him if he'll do it. And he was totally on board for it, sang the chorus, uh, sang the hook for me, and even filmed himself for a future music video that came out six years later because I'm timely. <laughs> but I, I finally got the music video done. I got a bunch of my nerdcore and comedy music friends and a bunch of people who are internet famous uh, basically YouTube channels that I follow on YouTube because I, I mostly watch YouTube now. I don't really watch a lot of TV much anymore. Mm-hmm. All my stuff's mm-hmm. on YouTube. Uh, and so I, I got some of the just the favorite channels that I watch to contribute to them lip-syncing my song. You know, other other musicians that I follow, like uh, MC Lars is in it, Schaefer the Dark Lord, another nerdcore artist. Uh, you know, the Stupendium, who is a new comedy musician that I'm really digging the, the music of. And, you know, all these other people that I know, the great Luke Ski is in it, Devo Spice, uh, the uh, Bonnie from the Library Bards, all these other artists uh, who are, who are you know, internet famous uh, <laughs> that I feel are famous enough to be in the song. <laughs> yes. Kind of proving the point of the song. And then, you know, up pops Chris Blue in that footage he shot years ago. Uh, for singing the hook on the chorus, so yeah, it's it's a fun video. I it it took me six years to make, but I finally got it done. <laughs> yeah, I highly recommend it. I I thought it was a lot of fun. Yeah, there's a couple other videos on there. There's one I want to ask you about because I remember actually when when this one came out. This one's an old one, uh, but. When Weird Al, uh, I guess he never released it, but he finally put out this song, You're Pitiful. And, yes. You know, it was a whole controversy behind that. And I remember, like, I don't know, it must have been like a day or two after after he released that song. You had posted a video of yourself lip syncing to You're Pitiful. And I still think that is one of the funniest videos I have, I have ever seen. <laughs> it, is, it is hilarious. Can you tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, that is that is my first video posted on YouTube. Wow. Uh, oh, okay. Wow. <laughs> so, Weird Al, uh, because of Atlantic Records, like as we know, James Blunt gave the permission for the parody, but the record label did not. So Al uh, 
decided to release the song for free off of his website. And there were plenty of mirror sites so you could download the song. So I was like, well, since Al has to release this song for free and is probably not going to be a single because it's not going to be on an album, he's probably not going to do a music video for this. And the James Blunt video is really simple. It's just him sitting on a dock, takes his shirt off, and then jumps in the water at the end of the song. This is so easy to parody. <laughs> so I, I I listened to the song for a full week. It wasn't a day. I, I wish I had that kind of okay. turnaround. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I, it, was, it was exactly a week after Al released it on the website that I released my video. And I practiced that song... Like every time I'm driving around, I'm playing that song because I'm like, I know what I'm doing for this video. I have to make it. I have to make it a Weird Al video. I have to make it as ridiculous and as faithful to the original while parodying it. You know, I, I, I you know, we're, we know who we are in comedy music. Most comedy musicians, Al is a huge influence on them, not just in the style of music that he does, but also in the way he presents that music. And so I took that completely to heart. I'm like, what kind of video would Al do for this? He'd make fun of the fact that he's taking off a shirt. He'd make that something more ridiculous. So I had shirts made for this video. (laughs) And not only am I just taking off a shirt, there's just another ridiculous shirt underneath it. So it's just me repeatedly taking things off. And I didn't live near water. So instead of me uh, diving off the pier... We decided to end it. We, we shot two different versions. And the shirts are in different orders in both versions. Uh, so <laughs> both videos are a little different. But uh, in, in one version of the video, uh, I, I jump over the railing. I'm actually on a hill, and I roll down the hill to the bottom. In the other version of the video, I get hit by a car. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, it's, it's super fun. I just kept taking off weird shirts. When he gets to farty pants, I'm wearing a shirt that says farty pants. Um, hysterical. And so I, I, I released this like literally a week after uh, Al's song came out. And we put it on. This was this was filmed by my friend Mark, who was in Hint of Pledge with me. And he put it on his YouTube channel first. And then about six hours later, I put it on my YouTube channel. Uh, and I put the second version on my YouTube channel too, cause I didn't have a YouTube channel until that day. Wow. And so like the why six hours later it got up on my channel. He posted it on his channel first up until YouTube randomly deleted his video. It had over 9 million views. Wow. Yeah. It's an incredible video. Yeah. The version on my channel doesn't quite have that many. <laughs> <laughs> it's several hundred thousand, but it's not in the millions yet. Yeah. But both versions are super high up in views. Still, some of the most viewed videos on my channel. Um, but yeah, that was my that was my very first YouTube video, and because of that, I used to get recognized at Weird Al concerts. Wow! <laughs> because of that video, I would show up at a Weird Al concert, and people would go, "Hey, you did the your pitiful video." Yeah. Admittedly, <laughs> most of those times I was wearing the farty pants shirt. <laughs> well, you gotta hedge your bets a little bit. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I, I, I will remember one time, I, uh, I was wearing the farty pants shirt, and I, 
I got backstage passes to see Al, and this was right in 2008. I had just released Guitar Hero, my parody of Jukebox Hero by Foreigner, (laughs) and Dr. Demento played it. This was the first song of mine to be played on the Dr. Demento show, and it was about June or July, and it wound up on the the, the top ten for the month. And it was number eight on the top ten, and I think Weird Al's Eat It was number six. Mm-hmm. And I was wearing the Farty Pants shirt at a Weird Al concert, and I got to meet Al backstage, and I told him, Hey, Al, uh, my song was number eight this month, and your song was number six. I'm coming for you. <laughs> and Al, being as gracious as he always is, said to me, Well, I pass my crown on to you. Uh-huh. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> Here's the funny thing about that story. I didn't hear him say that. My friend Bob, who was with me, heard him, and he told me, and I was like, I didn't... Oh, my God, my brain just exploded. How did I not hear that? <laughs> I was probably like, why did, why did Ian not react when I told him he could have my crown? <laughs> exactly, and I'm like, oh, God, now Al thinks I'm an... Oh, Jesus. <laughs> So, so Al, if you're listening, I'm, I was truly honored then, and I'm still honored. Uh, that's amazing. <laughs> All right, so you mentioned a little bit about, you know, your first song on Dr. Demento, and then you had that, you, you submitted quite a few songs to Dr. Demento, and you've had a few of them kind of go viral. You had one of them actually, number one on the Dr. Demento 25 countdown, Benedict Cumberbatch, and, and the video for that is hilarious as well, and, and I want to just... If you just could tell us a little bit about that song and a little bit about that video. Did you shoot that video like in, in one take? Because that is yeah, incredible. That's another that's another one take video. Wow. Um I I like the idea of doing oneers. I directed a video for MC Lars once and I did that in a one or two. Um but uh this uh, the song came about because I I loved the idea of people not quite catching on to Benedict Cumberbatch's name and just kind of making up other names like like Ballyhoo Kumquat or whatever they're calling him, <laughs> right. you know, you know, Bandersnatch Cumberpatch, whatever they're saying. <laughs> I saw a news article that was talking about him being engaged and that article refused to actually call him Benedict Cumberbatch. And I went, this is brilliant. I'm going to make this a song. But I wanted the idea of the song to be kind of like, the guy who's singing the song is not in on the joke. And so it's really the backing singers who have the trouble saying this, the name over and over. And so I like, basically the song is me. And I even say at the beginning, I'm just reading his Wikipedia page musically. I'm just giving facts about Benedict Cumberbatch because I want to pay tribute to Benedict. And, and suddenly the, not only are the backing singers betraying me, but also all the stuff I copied off of Wikipedia is betraying me because it's giving me <laughs> things that are suddenly not facts about him. They're making up stuff about Benedict because it's Wikipedia. So, <laughs> so yeah, so we, we shot all that at, uh, my producer Ben's, uh, studio in house. And, uh, so that's him in the video as the producer and on the song. And we shot that all in one take with me in the recording booth. And uh, I, we angled it at such a way so that I could fill the other half of the screen with pictures of Benedict Cumberbatch and also images that went along with the goofy names that I came up with for Benedict <laughs> <Right>. Cumberbatch. <laughs> and 
So, like, they have, like, on online, they had a Benedict Cumberbatch name generator. And I'm like, I don't want to use that. I want to come up with my very own Benedict Cumberbatch names. So all the, the, the different versions of the name in this song are completely original to this song. And my favorite one that I can't believe nobody ever used until me is Burger King Chicken Fries. That is my favorite name for Benedict Cumberbatch. God, I feel so smart saying that one. Do you think Benedict Cumberbatch has ever heard your song? I hope so. I really do, because it's, it's hard not to. It's called his name. Right. It has to have come. If the man has ever Googled himself, it has to have come up somehow. <laughs> oh, man. I just I hope that he messages you at some point. And just thank you for it. I don't. I don't ever expect that. Uh, you know, I, I'm an actor myself. You know, ideally someday I'll I'll work on a production that Benedict Cumberbatch is in, and he'll go. Wait a minute, your name's Ian. Did you do? <laughs> or you'll or, or he won't be talking to you, but his phone will ring, and it will be your song as his ringtone. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that's the dream oh well you'll have to let us know when that happens <laughs> absolutely yes we'll, we'll be in warhorse 2 no horses <laughs> so besides benedict cumberbatch and and i don't know how many songs you've submitted and, and had played on dr dement over the years it, it's a lot of them but there was another one that you were part of that also went to number one on the uh Funny 25, the song by Devo Spice featuring a, a whole bunch of great comedy musicians, including yourself. Spider Verses. Can you tell us how you got involved with Spider Verses and, and what your role in that was? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So uh, the Into the Spider Verse animated film came out and Devo was like, I have to do a song about this. I have to make it a posse track. I have to make it a cipher. Like, you know, just having people on playing all the different Spider-Men that are in the movie. And I'm like, that's a genius idea. You absolutely know I want to be a part of it because I'm a huge Spider-Man fan. Um, it's in my bio sometimes <laughs> <laughs> as to how much of a Spider-Man fan I am. Uh, Devo, Devo wrote a bio for me once for Fump Fest and he, he goes, with an unhealthy obsession to Spider-Man and I went, I'm keeping that in my bio from now on. That's fine. <laughs> And, uh, and so, so he's like, who do you know who's, who's in Nerdcore that could play the role of Miles Morales? Because uh, I asked Mega Ran, and Mega Ran's not uh, able to do it. And I was like, well, I know this guy named uh, Creative Mind Frame, also goes by the name 1UP. He would be great. He's an amazing rapper. And uh, I also know that if you're trying to get somebody for, for Penny Parker uh, with the SPDR uh, robot... Uh, Lex the Lexicon artist because he wanted to make he, he didn't want to cast people against race or cast against type but for the people that they were playing mm-hmm. uh, which is completely absolutely respectable and I, I commend him for that so he wanted to get you know because so you're not doing caricature kind of things and you know have it be problematic so he he cast uh, he, he approached Creative Mind Frame and Lex the Lexicon artist for those parts their verses are amazing and he filled out the other parts with people from the Fump. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's uh, he plays the original Peter Parker uh, that 
uh, spoiler alert, in that, that universe dies, and then Peter B. Parker from another universe comes through, and I play Peter B. Parker. <laughs> uh, Bonnie Gordon is Spider-Gwen. Uh, TV's Kyle, because he works on cartoons, plays the cartoon character <laughs> Peter Porker <laughs> Spider-Ham. Of course. <laughs> of course. Uh, like I said, uh, Creative Mind Frame plays Miles. Lex Lexicon Artist plays... Uh, Penny Parker, and uh, Luke Ski plays uh, Noir Spider, uh, <laughs> the one that's voiced by Nicolas Cage in the movie. <laughs> and, uh, man, I absolutely love that song. It's a it's a great song. Yeah. Uh, we, f- we filmed a music video for it at MarsCon because most of us were there. Uh, the only people to submit videos for that for that music video were Creative Mind Frame, Lex, and me. I was at MarsCon, However, uh, when they were filming, I was in the hospital. Oh. Oops. Um, oh. So I went to MarsCon. Uh, I did my set on Friday night. Uh, I was in pain the entire time. Uh, I was in pain ever since my flight arrived the Thursday before. And uh, turns out my gallbladder had to come out. Oh. So I was in the hospital having my gallbladder Ooh. removed. <laughs> while not only were the Logan Awards, which are the comedy music awards that I'm the chairperson of, were supposed to be that night, but also that they were filming the stuff for Spider Verses, uh, so I had to miss those man. things. But we shot all the I shot all of my stuff in in my house where all my Spider Man stuff is, so I got to fit more Spider Man things into the video. <laughs> <laughs> that shot in the opening of the video of the sp- the person in a spider costume scratching a record that has a Spider Man logo on it. All that's me. <laughs> <laughs> When Weird Al's Ode to a Superhero came out, did your mind just explode being a super fan of both? Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, because it's it's my musical hero uh, singing about my superhero. So, yeah. it's I actually covered that song. I actually covered Ode to a Superhero. Uh, I did a, a, a live show at a comic shop. Uh, it was an acoustic show. And I was like, I need to fill out the set because I didn't quite have... 40 releases like I do on Bandcamp now <laughs> um, at the time. And uh, so I was I was filming an acoustic set that was going to be on my, my DVD set, uh, Grand Theft Audio. <laughs> I was releasing that later. And uh, so I, I we filmed this acoustic set of me and my producer, Ben, and our friend, Stettis, who these are the guys that, that got me into this version of, of Insane Ian recording the stuff that I'm I'm recording now. Uh, I Guitar Hero was recorded with Stettis, and then the rest of that album I recorded with Ben because Ben was getting into music recording and stuff, and he plays everything, and the both of them used to be in a band together called Scoundrel. So whenever I tried to do live stuff in Baltimore, where I, I'm from, uh, I originally live, I live in Chicago now, uh, I would try to get them involved and, and have them be my backing band when I, you know, could, in, instead of using like backing tracks, and we so we did an acoustic set, and we did a cover of "Ode to a Superhero" in that set, um, which is was available briefly on DVD, but all the it was a limited DVD thing that I did, and I haven't put it back in print yet. But I think I can probably put it up on YouTube or something. That'd be cool. Yeah. What's What's really kind of not great about that set is uh, it was an acoustic performance and I had lost my voice just before. It. Oh no. <laughs> so oh, no. some notes, some notes aren't quite reached. Oh, well. 
I, I so I just just hearing your story and and I, I love how you know probably the foremost comedy nerd video game musician you got your start recording with a video game system as you're like yeah, that, like, yeah. I think that's a really amazing like kind of way to to start and you know it's, <laughs> it's very pathetic it, it, it's very cool how that all worked out it's it's definitely by design yeah i, I will admit <laughs> i uh you know i i wear my fandoms on my sleeve sometimes quite literally i own way too many t-shirts according to my life and um <laughs> But, uh, you know, I, I'm a big video game fan. I'm a big comic book fan. And so because these are my fandoms and because I am a second generation nerd musician, I sing about my fandoms. I rap about my fandoms. And, you know, that's kind of been my bread and butter my whole life, you know, is is doing songs. There have people been people who have described me as the weird owl of video games. And I keep telling my mom to stop saying that. <laughs> but... <laughs> You know, it's it's I, I you know, I, I kind of take that as a badge of honor. Sometimes there have been articles that have been written about you know, that call me, quote unquote, the next weird owl. And I am not the next weird owl. I'm just another comedy musician who's been heavily influenced by weird owl. And, you know, I don't think there's a comedy musician out there who can't say that. Yeah. And I, I've been lucky enough that I've kind of carved out my own niche that, you know, I'm doing songs about the things that interest me, you know. Sometimes they're they're just as nerdy as Al. Sometimes they're a little nerdier than Al because I'm g- delving into the whole minutia of Spider-Man in a song. You know, right. so, it, 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 you know, I, I you sing about what you love and absolutely, yeah, I started recording on a Sega CD system and yes, <laughs> Sega CD, it's, I sing about video games. So, yeah. I love it. We can find you a lot of places online. We mentioned insaneian.bandcamp.com. Uh, you can head there. You can find your 40 plus releases, including the pre-order for Illinois that comes with the second album, Illinois Live. Uh, that drops on December 3rd. So people got to get there quick. Fingers crossed. <laughs> yes. Um, we can also head over to your Twitter, Insane Ian B. Facebook, Insane Ian Music. YouTube is Insane Ian. And you've got a, a new video on there, Delivery Boy. And also we can check out your Patreon, which is patreon.com slash Insane Ian. I think I, I think I covered it all. <laughs> was there any yeah, yeah, you definitely got the okay. branding down. Yeah, okay. uh, yeah. <laughs> Especially with with the Patreon, uh, you know, you get to get the songs from me early. You get to see my videos early. I do a video series on YouTube called "A Comedy Musician Reacts," where I react to other comedy musicians' songs and videos. Um, <laughs> usually, awesome. it's a first time listen. Usually, it's a first time listen, so I'm not. Re- I haven't reacted to any Weird Al on there yet because, like a fan. I've seen it all right, already. Right. Um, but uh, it's it's basically me going, I'm reacting to these things from the perspective of somebody who does this same thing. Right. And why this speaks to me as a comedy musician. Because I'm not just a guy who does comedy music. I'm also a fan of comedy music. I love comedy music in all its forms and natures. Not just your 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 run-of-the-mill standard morning show guys who do songs. Right. Or, you know, your your upper echelons of Weird Al and Lonely Island and stuff like that. But, like, you've got your absurdist humor. You've got your Dadaist stuff. I love all forms of comedy music. I'm a fan of that kind of thing. So every week I react to a couple videos that are new or new to me of comedy music. 
and I, I give my perspective on it. Uh, sometimes, although, you know, if I'm reacting to a song by, say, The Stupendium, who's one of my new favorite artists, I just sit there and gush about how much I love it. <laughs> um, that and Ninja Sex Party are, are two of my favorite new comedy music stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just basically just go, oh, God, I just love this. And uh, But a lot of the times I try to be a little more critique yeah. in there. But, uh, you know, that's, that's a thing you can see on the YouTube. You can get those early on my Patreon as well as my music that I release. I release that early on Patreon, and there's exclusives on there, too, that you can't get anywhere else. Awesome. And I also ramble a lot, apparently. I did a lot of talking today. Sorry. <laughs> that's the whole point of being on a podcast. You, that's, that's the whole point of an interview. <laughs> yeah, but I, I, I'm I, just talking about my favorite thing, me. All right, sorry. <laughs> Ian, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for all of the great stuff you've done for the comedy, music, and Weird Al community. And I hope everyone goes and checks out Illinois. Guys, Thank you so much for having me on. This has been an absolute pleasure and uh, something I've wanted to do for a very long time. So thank you for (laughs) indulging me and letting me ramble on about me for over an hour. We. Well, a really big thank you to Insane Ian for joining us this week. Be sure to pre-order his album, Illinois, now over at insaneian.bandcamp.com for those seven early tracks, as well as the full bonus live album that was recorded at FumpFest 2021. And be sure to check out the full Weird Al Tribute album, Me, Myself, and I, for free over on his Bandcamp, as well as like 40 other albums. So much awesome, insane Ian content for you to go check out. Well, now, unfortunately, it is time for This Week in What Did Intern Frank Screw Up Now? Related News. Well, Dave, can you believe it? Our intern Frank screwed up yet again on last week's episode. You know, I can believe that. What an idiot! Alright, so you know how we have him write out the script to all of the ads from our amazing sponsors each and every week? Yes, of course, we make him write them out by hand in triplicate each and every single week. Well, two weeks ago, we asked him to find every nickname he could possibly find for our sponsors, Sebastian Shepard, a.k.a. David Grant, a.k.a. Dave Grant, a.k.a. Paul Squall, a.k.a. Wolf and Wool, a.k.a. MC Chalkskin, a.k.a. at SEB underscore SHUP, and work them all into his ad. Yeah, but our stupid intern Frankie forgot to include Sebastian Shepard's, a.k.a. David Grant's, a.k.a. Dave Grant's, a.k.a. Paul Squall's, a.k.a. Wolf and Wool's, a.k.a. MC Chalkskin's, a.k.a. at SEB underscore SHEP's other nickname, Sheepdog. So after we scolded Frank appropriately, we made Frank rewrite the whole thing for last week's episode, and we had to record it again. Right. And so after recording the Sebastian Shepard, a.k.a. David Grant, a.k.a. Dave Grant, a.k.a. Sheepdog, a.k.a. Paul Squall, a.k.a. Wolf and Wool, a.k.a. MC Chalkskin, a.k.a. at SEB underscore SAPP ad last week, we realized that Frank forgot yet another nickname. What a moron! Well, I just hope that Sebastian Shepard, a.k.a. David Grant, a.k.a. Dave Grant, a.k.a. Sheepdog, a.k.a. Paul Squall, a.k.a. Wolf and Wool, a.k.a. MC Chalkskin, a.k.a. at SEB underscore SHEP can forgive us. And why shouldn't he? Because it's all Frank's fault, not our fault. Oh, absolutely. And I only think it's fair that we record it yet again with the added nickname next week. Good idea. Meanwhile, please head on over to wolfandwool.com and then follow at 
S-E-B underscore S-H-E-P on TikTok. This week's episode is brought to you in part by Discover Darwin, promoting tourism in Darwin, Minnesota. Not only is historic Darwin, Minnesota uh, beautiful, it's also fishy. Darwin, Minnesota is home to Fuyu Outdoors. Fuyu Outdoors designs and manufactures high-quality, well-engineered, and rugged UTV accessories. Fuyu Outdoors carries UTV toppers, UTV topper accessories, and UTV fish houses. UTV fish houses? What's that? Is that like an aquarium? Not quite. In fact, it's nothing like an aquarium. It's sort of like this tent or windbreaker thing that's helpful with ice fishing and the like. Oh, and it's motorized. Whoa, a motorized fish house. I don't even like fish and I want to take up fishing just to use that. Well, get this. Their deluxe model is remote controlled. It comes with a bench wind wall, LED light, dual USB ports, two extra wide seats, a storage tray with drink holders, and a cigarette lighter. Wow, drink holders. Do you think they're big enough to hold my Yankarita? Oh, I bet they will. So visit Darwin, Minnesota on your next fishing expedition. Discover Darwin more than just the twine ball. And after you visit Darwin, Minnesota, be sure to visit discoverdarwin.biz. Each and every week, we are able to bring you our podcast absolutely free thanks to our sponsors, Burrito Burrito, Discover Darwin, Jackson Scoggins, David Grant at WolfandWool.com, and Angel Valenzuela and David Cash. And also thanks to our amazing, close, personal friend, Patreon supporters, Jake, Javier, UH Jeff, Zeb, Allison, Scott, Blair, Adriana, Frank from the Bank, Kenneth and Jared, and thanks to Robert and everyone else in our incredibly pretty stinking majestic Patreon family. And if you enjoy our family-friendly weekly Weird Al podcast, please consider supporting us at patreon.com slash 2000inch or by picking up really pretty stinking majestic official Dave and Ethan's 2000inch Weird Al podcast merchandise, such as our newest product line, our Discover Darwin products over at shop.2000inch.com. We love hearing from our listeners and other Weird Al fans. Join our Facebook community and post about Weird Al by visiting group.2000inch.com. And we also love it when we receive voicemail via our official 27-hour-a-day podcast hotline, 347-SPATULA. You might even hear your message in a future episode. The 347 Spatula Hotline, the official hotline of Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast, is sponsored by Angel Valenzuela and David Cash, two amazing Weird Al fans and longtime podcast supporters. For everything about our podcast, including incredible past episodes and incredible past guests, be sure to visit weirdalpodcast.com or 2000inch.com and keep up on new episodes, podcast news, and events by following at 2000inch on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And thank you for subscribing and leaving reviews on your favorite podcast app. And you want a quick and easy way to listen to the podcast? Just say, Alexa, play Dave and Ethan's 2000inch Weird Al Podcast. Thank you once again to our guest, Insane Ian. Also, a big thank you to the Demented Music Database, dmdb.org. And thank you to Elliot Chang for performing with Ethan this coming Friday. Thank you to the Grammy Award-winning Jim Kimmel West for our incredible podcast theme song. And thank you to Weird Al Yankovic, as this podcast probably would not exist without him. And a big thanks to all of you, our listeners, subscribers, Patreon supporters and sponsors, and everyone else who makes our podcast possible. 
Thank you for choosing Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast. And always remember to gill and chill. Tomorrow in the USA is Thanksgiving. I know we always say it, but we really are thankful for all of you, our pretty, stinking, majestic listeners. So to all of our American listeners, from all of us here at Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast, Happy Thanksgiving! And to all of our Canadian listeners and listeners worldwide, from all of us here at Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast, happy Thursday. Ethan, do you remember how you were telling me that you interviewed Weird Al and his band years ago on your college radio show, Alternative to Sleeping with Ethan Ullman? Well, yes, of course. How could I ever forget? Well, we've talked about playing a few of those sometime on our show. So how about we play one of those interviews next week? Oh, well, sure. I mean... It will just be me interviewing them, and they're like 10 years old. Uh, You're cool with that, Dave? Well, I do wish I was there to interview with you, but yeah, I'm totally cool with that. I haven't listened to them in so long. I think it would be a great treat to play one of them next week. Well, that settles it. Next week, we will play my 10-year-old interview with... That was Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast, episode 134-inch. I don't know why I used this voice. Kicking Einstein in the crotch. We've even got some people to watch while we're kicking Einstein in the crotch.